Uh, welcome to the service this morning. I was just saying to Manish in the back there, we're going to have to find somebody who's going to be able to do this kind of thing every Sunday. So if there are any of you that are really technologically advanced, um, do please come and uh, offer your services because some of us are still very untechnologically advanced. So uh, a very warm welcome to everybody this morning. This being our second live service, if you were hoping to see somebody else in the pulpit this morning, um, the preacher couldn't make it, so the last one that I slept in. And uh, I must say, it's, it's good to be standing here and sharing with you, rather than sitting in front of a computer and talking to oneself. I think that was probably the worst part of COVID for me, was that computer issue trying to, to communicate with you. Um, greetings from Nomulega as well. She would love to be here, but as most of you are aware, she is uh, being ordained today at 9.30 at Mount Freedom Park um, Church. And uh, she's been ordained with four other members. Um, it's a connection thing if you're wondering why she's not being ordained in our church. Unfortunately, with COVID, things have had to change, and uh, she will be there. Herbert will be representing us, and I know Mama and Johan are there to assist with door duty and scanning and things like that. So, greetings from the leadership of the church, and feel very welcome. Our call to worship this morning is taken from Psalm 106. The first six verses. And uh, you'll see that some of the verses are a little darker than others. If I can ask that you can respond there, that we say it together that it's not just by giving a reading from the Psalms. Praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. <laughs> do what is right. That I might enjoy the prosperity of your chosen ones. That I might share in the joy of your nation and join your inheritance in giving you praise. We have sinned even as our fathers did. We have done wrong and acted wickedly. I ask Mahesh to lead us in the lighting of the candle and then the notices. Manish is standing in for George today. George is a little under the weather. Morning, congregation. May the peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. Thank you. And as Guy said, George unfortunately is not feeling well, so I'm standing here for him. Um, we'll start with the bird base. To the right on the chart, it's Willie Swartz, Hamlet Conroe on the 15th, it's Violet Swartz on the 16th, Arthur McCorver on the 18th, Eddie Anderson, uh, Sean Donovan, Quentin Foley, and Kenneth DeCockwood. Um, uh, uh, just a reminder please keep everybody on the playlist for us and uh, keep them in prayer that everything goes well with them. We will be having a white elephant sale. We haven't set a date yet, 
But we just asking the congregation if they have anything, they can start bringing it in, and once we have enough, we will set a date and we will have the white elephants in. You know, before the COVID, we didn't have any fundraising, and we need to raise funds quite urgently for the church. Um, are there any visitors here with us? We have one very special visitor with us, Thelma Kushir. Uh, sorry, Thelma Kushir. Welcome. Thank you for coming and pray to enjoy our service here this morning. Thank you. Well, we continue to worship God and uh, we now sing behind your masks so now I can hear you, whatever the place may be. Number future 
we give you thanks. Thank you for friends and family who care and uplift. And every now and again, reach out a helping hand and say, Hi. Thank you for opportunities that you bring upon our path to witness your greatness and your lordship. Thank you for our minister who on this very special day is coming before you. May you say, Welcome, my good and faithful servant. But Lord, as we remember all these things that we've said thanks for, all the special moments, we too are aware that where do we fall short? Do we really mess up from day to day? That we shut you out of our lives? We do things we shouldn't do, and sometimes look down on those who seem to be less than us. Lord, help us in our uncertainness, help us in our ignorance, help us in our selfishness. We pray that Holy Spirit, you will come upon your people. Come and fill us, come and minister to us. Come and sit next to each one of us and say, my son, my daughter, my son, I'm here to help you. I'm here to lead you. I'm here to uplift you. And so we gather together all our praises, we say together, that wonderful prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. And now it's great if you can come and do the first reading for us. Good morning. It's really a privilege to be back in church and up here reading the lesson. I'm reading from the NIV Bible and I'm reading Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. I'm sure it becomes very familiar to you as I read along. Hear the word of God. Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and said, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the weak, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, 
for they will be shown in mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is taken from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, reading from verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God for his word. How many birthdays does the average man have? One. One. Ah, somebody's awake this morning. Cool. I'm glad you're awake on a Sunday morning. Okay. A dead frog is lying on a leaf in the center of a pond. There are two leaves on either side of the one he is on. How many jumps would it take for him to get to the edge? Ah, oh, he's dead. Ah, cool. Now let's see if this side can wake up as well. Um, is it legal in South Africa for a man to marry his widow's sister? No, because she's dead. I've got you there. Okay, um, that's fine. Um, that's just a little bit of lightheartedness this morning. Um, who of you like a challenge? I certainly do. I love to be challenged. Um, I play games, sometimes mindless at that. But I like to, to have things which are challenging for me. And so I want to ask, when last were you challenged? Those of you who like to be challenged. You were challenged recently. Yeah, last week. Last week. Climbing a mountain. Climbing a mountain. Okay, it's a challenge to get to the top. If I had to do that right now, I don't even think I'll get up the first three steps because I have become huge. Okay, and now I've got to carry that extra weight. I wouldn't be able to do the rest. So, you see, challenges are there for us. And I think when we were younger, it was easier to, to take up the challenge, to be ready for the things that we were facing. Maybe now we are not so alert and enthusiastic anymore because we've, we've lost a little of that enthusiasm. However, I need to say to us this morning, friends, that you and I can never outlive 
the spiritual challenge which Jesus put to his disciples on the Sermon on the Mount. A really well-known passage from Matthew. And I think we've heard it so often, you probably think, okay, what is Di going to say this morning that I haven't heard before? I think with the world being so upside down as it currently is, with the corruption that is suddenly being rooted out, with people fighting against people, crises popping up everywhere, people battling financially because they have lost so much during the season. And I just think there's just so many threats facing us as Christians, the good versus evil. Do I see the corruption and keep quiet? Do I stand up? There's a street going up here. Do you stop at the stop street or do you just drive through? Do you say or do something to the people that are constantly doing wrong? The things around you, the things you witness in the shops. If you see something wrong, do you stand up? The choices that you and I have to make. I think we are so faced with choices currently, more so than ever before. Because so much has begun to creep out the woodwork. However, coming back to our Christian challenge, we need to re-examine our core beliefs. We need to examine who we are, who we believe in, we believe in and what do we stand for? We need to renew our commitment to Christ. And this morning I want to say to us that we need to be noticed as extraordinary people challenged by God to become what we must become. Being a Christian is a never-ending process. We can never ever say we have arrived and have all the answers. And I think it's for that very reason that people sometimes shy away from religion and from Christ. Because they say, oh, I can't live up to all those commandments. There's actually only two. I can't live up to the commandments. It's too high standards for me. I'm not ready yet. I'm still enjoying my life. When I'm ready, we can talk again because God's expectations of us are too high. Friends, I know God's standards are very high and we all battle to, to measure up. But I say this morning, let's just get on with it. Do the best we can, little by little. You know, there's that old adage that says, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So how do you become a Christian, holy and acceptable before God, that extraordinary person that God wants you to be? One step at a time. There was a Quaker minister by the name of Stephen Reddit, and he put it this way, and I know this is one of my, my favorite Sayings. I expect to pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that I can do, and any kindness I can show to my fellow human beings, let me do it now. Let me not defer 
when we picked it. For I shall not pass this way again. Yesterday's gone. Today's already happening. The future is there for us to take and to do good. And so I think in a world filled with attitudes and actions that so often reflect the opposite of good, we get lulled into to sinful living by the lack of moral conscience. Our senses are dulled by a lack of conviction of what is right. And we are led astray by the lack of a spiritual compass. Friends, I want to say, now, in South Africa, in the world, there is a need for a spiritual awakening, a reawakening to come back to God. Because that would be our saving grace. And so God, long ago, when the people were searching for right answers, when they were looking for the right person to follow, searching for a powerful spokesman, God sent his son. God sent his son to the world as that spokesman, as the right person to follow, as the right person with the answers. And I think when William Shakespeare penned the words to be or not to be, that is the question. I don't believe he had Christians in mind. I really don't. I think that was probably the last thing on his mind. But I think that we as Christians can take these words because it perfectly fits the crescendo of the Beatitudes. That which we have just read in Matthew chapter 5. To be or not to be, that is the question. And this is the ultimate as we read the Beatitudes. That Jesus described every follower as he ought to become. Since it is true that as we think in our hearts, so we are. These sayings of Jesus are often thought to be as the attitude, having a positive attitude to be translated into action. Be this. Be that. Be blessed. And so the motto this morning is be an extraordinary person. Be a blessing in order to be blessed. And so I'm going to give you a different look at the Beatitudes this morning. The eight Beatitudes that Jesus gave to his disciples is not describing eight different categories of people or eight distinct groups within the church or within the world that make up the Christian fellowship. Because I think that's the kind of idea we have. Blessed are the poor, blessed are they the more, and so we go on. But rather, Jesus gave these eight qualities for the same group with the progression from one through the eight. With the crescendo of Christian extraordinariness lying at the end. And so let us look at these Beatitudes. 
hear what I'm trying to say this morning. Firstly, we enter into the fellowship of believers by first acknowledging that we are poor in spirit. We come before God and say, I am nothing. I am nothing without you. If you speak to people that are poor, they admit that they need something that they cannot provide it for themselves. And so the Bible insists that you and I too are spiritually poor and we need to admit our spiritual poverty in order to position ourselves to be blessed of God. We need to come before God and say, I'm not perfect, I'm not good, I'm just me. And when we have confessed our sinful condition, we gain access into the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is a state of being, a state of being with God. It's not some way of place where we get to one day when we die. It starts here, a state of being with God, under the rule and reign of God. Ours in the present, yet living in the anticipation of the ultimate fulfillment of his kingdom. And progressively, those who admit their spiritual poverty mourn. They lament their losses caused by sin. Why is it when we come before God so often we come to him in tears and we say, Lord, really messed up, eh? We mourn for the things that we've done wrong. Listen to the prophet John and to John the Baptist as they were prophesying and said, Return to me with all your heart with weeping and mourning. God is saying, Come back. Come back, my child. I'm waiting for you with open arms. Now it's natural to mourn over our loss caused by sin. And that leads us to the third one. We shall be comforted. Literally, we have some person that is drawn alongside us to comfort us. And friends, how fortunate are you and I, you and I as Christians today, who have the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, our spiritual guide that walks with us every step of the way, that takes us behind and says, my son, my daughter, let's go, let's go, let's go to the world. You see, then, as we have progressed and are comforted, with God as our Father and Christ as our Saviour, and the Spirit of God upon our side, we are empowered to be meek. The word meek is the opposite of being weak. In ancient literature, meekness was a virtue that balances all the opposite extremes. Meekness was a virtue that everyone wanted. Moses was the meekest man on earth. He was smart, he was strong, he was bold and humble, obedient and disciplined, and willing. Enough of each of these to live in submission to God and start to experience the joy of serving the Lord. 
Friends, balance is the key. And our reading from Philippians outlines this for us. Balance is the key. So those who live in the blessedness of trusting God are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. A right standing with God. A person cannot be a true disciple without a definite spiritual change. There needs to be the change from I am the most important to God, you are the most important. This is brought about by an honest confession, a genuine repentance, being a submissive trust, and a heartfelt desire to do my things. And so these first five sayings, as you have seen, we progress as we progress in our Christian walk. Speak of the inner being of Christian. They speak of you and me in our regard to our relationship with God, a vertical relationship. We need to work with God, we need to sit with Him, we need to empty ourselves of Him. And that is our vertical relationship. But then, like I say, there is also for every vertical a horizontal. A horizontal relationship with others that needs to be addressed. You see, friends, God blesses our inner attitudes and our actions towards others. As we receive, so too we must give. Mercy is a two-way street. I remember there's a, a song, I can remember all the words as I say them. Mercy there was great and gracious free. Pardon there was multiplied for me. Then my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Mercy. To give and receive mercy is a process by which two true disciples become pure in heart. It means we become more like Jesus, that we are able to see God at work in the world and to join him in doing his work. God's mercy to become pure in heart. To see God's work and to know and understand God is at work for the purposes of bringing peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. God expects his children to be peacemakers simply by virtue of our relationship with him. Peace on earth brings in and it begins in the heart of the individual. Transferred by the one who came to bring peace with God and with one another. Let there be peace on earth and let it start with me. Friends, I need to say peacemakers are always popular. Christian peacemakers know that through Christ our faith they press on, believing that God will not forget them 
and achieving through. Through every valley, over every mountain, God will bring them home. And then they will receive the greatest blessing of all. And so I say to you, next time you read the Beatitudes, read them as a vertical relationship leading out into a horizontal relationship with the world. Be the extraordinary Christian that you need to be. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, as we begin to look at our inner relationship with you, we realize that there needs to be an outer relationship with others reaching out. And so this morning we come to you and we bring to you the people who are our greatest. The people who desperately just need to know that you are still in control. We all we think too of those that cannot be here this morning for any reason. Let them know that they are loved and let them know that we care. Lord, we think of our country. So much is happening. And here we research, we sometimes think, what can I do? All you can do is pray. We pray for wisdom. We pray for the leadership to, to seek your face. To this morning, Lord, we pray for the destitute. Those that have nothing. Father, then we pray for our minister this morning on the special day of ordination. Your face shine upon her. Let her feel your presence as she too has been through difficult times this year. And so, Father, we offer you these prayers. Not because we feel we have to, not because we want to come and make demands, but because we know that it's the only way that we can share in your glory of helping others. So take our praise. Amen. Lord, thank you that we are able to give, not just in money, but of ourselves. And so we ask that you will take these gifts, but that you will also take us and use them in the extension of your kingdom here on earth. Amen. Um, maybe just sit down for a brief moment. We'll stay again and I'll sing. I just need to make an announcement about next week.
Next week, we are only having one service. It will be the 8.30 service. We will invite the 11 o'clock to join us. And it's also important that we worship together, firstly. Secondly, after the service, because as you see, we finish early now. Um, because there's no choir, there's no song group, there's no all these other things. So we finish early. There will be tea served after the service next Sunday. Don't worry, it will be in disposable cups. But we just want to share in Mongolia's joy of her ordination. We will, as a congregation, give her a little something, and then we will share a cup of tea with her after the service. After that, there will still be the leaders' meeting um, wherever, I don't know, one of the biggest places. Um, but please note, there's only one service. Please come. Please come and share this moment with her. She will be preaching um, officially as the Reverend Ungulera Will, um, as part of our congregation. She will really welcome the support. Okay. Now we can sing our closing hymn. Jesus calls us over to Lord, and our lives will rest to see. shaking your hands at the door. You leave, you can talk once you space one another and yourselves up outside.
rest of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen.